Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Post Chapel Podcast. Thank you for tuning in with us today. My name is McKenna O'Brien, and today I'm here with... A.J. Bullard. And Tony Schaus. And Noah Davis. So, Tony, you are our speaker today. If you don't care, just kind of give us a rundown, sum up what you spoke about today in case anybody out here missed chapel. Yeah, we were talking about uh, God Speaks and how to listen, how we listen to the voice of God. And I summarized it by saying that the the way we... The way God normally speaks is through his scripture and how we must be paying attention to the scripture in order to hear the vo- the voice of God. So basically I had three points. The first one was that we hear God differently when we have a personal relationship with him. And the second one is um, that we, we, we hear God better when the answer is yes before he even asks or when, when, we, when we commit to obey before we know what he's going to say. And then finally, when we stay in constant commune, commune with the scriptures. Mm-hmm. So those were the three basic tenets. When I when I talked about how everything is really subjective, when you think about how do you hear from God, you know, um, there are ways that God speaks. And, and a lot of times in the scripture, he spoke in burning bushes and winds and even earthquakes on the mountain of Sinai. He did all kinds of stuff. But the normal way he speaks isn't through all of those miraculous things. It's through our everyday relationship personally with him mm-hmm. so that our minds are transformed to be more like his. Yeah, it was a few weeks ago. I think it might have been three chapels ago. It was uh, the, it's in my other journal. He was talking about Elijah was running from the people trying to kill him, and he was like, God, I just want to give up and die. And then he's isolated on this mountain, and the earthquake comes, and the fire comes, and the wind comes, and God's not in any of them, and he's a small voice. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't realize that when you you have to have that personal relationship with God. You have to have that faith knowing that the Lord is going to talk to me, but I have to be close. I have. You talked about being led and guided by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, can you just tap into that a little more and tell and like tell people what does it mean and how do I know I'm being guided by the Holy Spirit? Well, the Holy Spirit will, will always point us to Jesus. Um, the Holy Spirit is, is his job. His job is to... Mm-hmm is to straighten us out when we mess up. His job is to comfort us during those moments. His job is to point us to Jesus and and really to illuminate for us the scripture. So so obviously without the Holy Spirit, we can't even get up in the mornings. You know, as Christians, we need the Holy Spirit in everything that we do. So yeah. we've got to have the Spirit of God uh, to move. And, and honestly, it's such a good thing to know that um, when Christ takes over our life, that's what that's what he gives to us is the Holy Spirit to walk with us. And so I, I kind of wanted to illuminate that just a little bit to say mm-hmm. as we, we study Scripture, the, the Holy Spirit is that um, that voice that helps us clear up. You know, Jesus talks about when the when the Comforter comes, he will, he will teach you and remind you of everything I've said. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's the Spirit that reminds us of what he's talking about. So. And I think um, really just being having that relationship with God is so important because I feel like the miracles kind of draw people in. And so whenever you aren't close with God, whenever you don't have the relationship, whenever you ask for something, whenever you need guidance, whenever you want something that you might not even get, you know, that sort of thing, you're looking for that miracle. You're looking for the crazy thing. You don't know how to listen to the whisper that God might be trying to get across to you, which just, again, is why that relationship is so important. Yeah, I think this. There was a similar chapel message last semester talking about. Um, it might have been Doctor Coleman, but I wrote down like, what voices are we listening to? You know, there's so like you talked about today. More than ever, uh, people can speak in your life from just social media, your family, etc. And I was talking to somebody 
I was talking to one of my good buddies last night, and I was telling him, I said, more than ever, I said, as, my, as I've matured in my faith, I started to actually discern one God's voice and learn to choose who I let speak life into me. Absolutely. It doesn't matter if your family, friend, etc. I get to choose if you're getting to speak life into me. And I feel like a lot of Christians need to learn, you know, hey, you can love these people from a distance. You can hang out with them, but be very careful, you know, what you listen to because the Bible says, you know, there's life in the tongue and there's power in the tongue. And that's mm-hmm. certainly true. We need to be very careful, you know, who we're letting speak life into us. And, you know, the Bible says, don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. And you talked about, don't expect God to speak if you're not willing to obey. And Mm -hmm. I hope that really hit hard for most people because I can't ask God to, for certain things, to grow my faith, to help me walk in obedience better or to do certain things if I'm not willing to sacrifice and, you know, pick up my daily cross and follow after him, just like his disciples did, you know. Jesus isn't asking all of us to go sell our house, to sell our car, to follow after him and fly across the country to to do certain things. But there are certain things we have to give up. And I know for me, as I've grown in my relationship with Christ, I look back and I see the things that I've had to give up, certain friendships, certain lifestyles, uh, you know, that I've looked back and be like, you know, that was fun in the moment, but I'm really glad that I dropped that to follow after Christ because it's not about running away from sin. It's about running after Christ and you'll grow away from sin, growing towards him. Well, and I think part of the problem is whenever the Bible, sometimes people just misinterpret the Bible. So, like, obviously you aren't supposed to shut people out. You aren't supposed to only talk to people who believe exactly what you believe. But that doesn't mean that you need to be accepted by everyone who doesn't believe. So then if you put yourself in the wrong positions and do the wrong things and just allow the people of the world to seep in and take over Mm -hmm. what should be God's, that's whenever problems happen. Yeah, like, I don't go and get financial advice from broke people or, you know, from people that don't have anything. I'm not like, hey— go down to the homeless shelter and, hey, how do you save up? Well, they don't know. And so I wouldn't ask for parenting advice for somebody that doesn't have any kids, right? So why would I why would I take advice of folks that aren't actually growing in their faith? Mm-hmm. You know, that sounds cold, but it's true. Like, you've got to be able to discern that. Mm-hmm. And, and to hear his voice in, in a personal way is, is so... It's just so important, like I talked about with hearing and distinguishing between my wife's voice and all these other voices that were mm-hmm. around. The reason I can do that is because I've grown in an intimate relationship with her. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a very simple illustration, but it's the one that I think is the most powerful for me. Well. Yeah, it's the one mo- that's oh, yeah. most powerful to me. Yeah, you and you were saying something like you hear many voices. Like you think about it, you hear thousands of voices in your life, like different accents, different people from all over the world maybe, and... Once you know it's God, so you'll know, like, when you hear it, like, yeah, that's God talking to Absolutely. me. And, like, you'll just know, and you'll, mm-hmm. like, I want to follow that. And then that's kind of like, when I, when, when I heard you say that, I was like, damn, I mean, he has a point. I mean, it's, and it's, it's true. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, for me, I've heard God speak a lot through the Word. And like you said, like, today, 99% of the time, God's not going to come in a, in a, today in a burning bush or just something crazy. You know, God's that. That's, I would run that's, away anyway. Yeah, that, that's still whisper uh, that, that you hear, and God speaks a lot through his word, and I've had a lot of confirmation in reading God's word and be like, okay, I really feel God speaking to me here. And I remember um, several weeks ago when I was going through like a spiritual battle and I was uh, just going through a you know a, a tough week just with, with, with a lot of things. And I was in Philippians 2, and God, I was just reading, and I read Philippians 2, 5 that says, you must have the same mindset that Christ Jesus had. And I just felt God speak to me, and I was like, wow, like God's telling me your mindset's crap, like you need to get it together. And I was like, you know, I really just felt God, the Holy Spirit was guiding me uh, in that moment. And like I wrote some keys down, and I put one was importance of Scripture. Can you 
tap into that also, like letting people know, like, hey, if you're a Christian, you're following Christ, how important is it to read the Bible, like find time for the Lord every day? Well, it's as important as, as breathing, really. Um, somebody asked Charles Spurgeon one time, what's more important, prayer or scripture? And he asked them, well, what's more important, breathing in or breathing out? And the reality is both of those are extremely important. In fact, we would die without either. Um, so we need to make sure that that the, the time in the scripture. So this is a big deal. And the reason it's such a big deal for me as a pastor is because I can spend so many hours in the week studying for messages or studying for Bible studies or studying to answer questions or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not, if I'm not searching the scripture for, for that, for that word of word from God or for the purpose of, of just simply transforming my mind into the mind of Christ. Like if I'm not devotionally reading the scripture, then I'm going to die spiritually, right? Like, mm-hmm. like I can teach, I can preach, I can do all of those things, but if I don't have the spiritual foundation, then I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be trying to minister out of an empty well, and it's not gonna work. So I've got to continue to do that, and and I would never mm-hmm. um, say do as I, I say, not as I do in that sense. So so my lifeline, you know, the the prayer and the scripture have to be the foundation of uh, where I am. Because honestly, there are so many, like we said, so many voices trying to tell you what Jesus is like or who he was or why you can't trust this or why you can't do that or why our, our culture is um, better now and all of that kind of stuff. And and you get all those voices and they, they're all logical and they all make sense. And then you got to mm-hmm. realize, wait a minute, what is it that is the tried and true tested word of God? And what is that saying into the situation and that sort of thing? And so, so yeah, I, I think, Noah, to answer your question is we are absolutely bound as Christians. Now the question comes up, and this may be not even in your mind, but those early Christians, what what scripture they had was the Old Testament, right? And so, what was it as essential for them to, to study the Old Testament scriptures as it is? Well, it seems like that was the the content of the preaching anyway, and it seems like that's what they. Of course, and then it was all about pointing toward Jesus, and so they were able to experience Jesus in in a little bit different way than we are today. But now we experience him. That word. I don't know if that makes any sense. Pastor talk about one time, and I had always thought about you know how often should I be reading the Bible, or how often should you know the body of believers be reading the Bible? And the pastor said, "How often do you face trial, tribulation, problems, sin?" I was like, "It's probably every day." And you know, Jesus said, "I'm the bread of life," and he talks about you know your daily bread, and that's what the word is. You know, the word is being fed spiritually. Um, The word is you know, getting to know your Lord and Savior. And for me on this journey with God, my relationship with the Lord, it's so profound how you can read the same thing over and over and receive it in different ways and learn something new in your relationship with the Lord. It'll never plateau. You'll never reach a moment where you're like, I'm tapped out. I've reached maximum knowledge. I've reached maximum enlightenment with the Lord. <laughs> and that's the, the awesome thing is you're always chasing after him and you're always learning. And I know for me, the more that I'm in the Word, the, the more obedient I feel, the more peace I feel, the more I feel like I'm walking in His uh, walking in His plan He has for me, and the more I feel like I'm able to pour into people spiritually. I've had conversations where uh, the Holy Spirit's just definitely taken over, and I'm like, how did I even remember that? And I remember, like, oh, I read that uh, a few months ago, or I journaled that not too long ago. So I but- feel like that's one thing we have to do, especially as, a, as like someone who's new to faith. Absolutely. That's why the, the Word of God is living and active. You know, I, I mentioned that verse today in Hebrews 4. It's it's living and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It's never going to be stale. It's never going to be um, mundane. And and the, the fact of the matter for us is that 
there's a difference between legalistically reading our, mm-hmm. our Bible to check mm-hmm. it off of a list and absolutely devouring the Scripture because it is life. You know what I mean? Like the words of mm-hmm. the Scripture are a light into our path, and and um, that to me that's so that's just so essential for me. So I found you don't realize how much you actually should be in the Bible until you're in the Bible. So it's kind of funny how that works because you realize the importance after you've already done it. But um, I was in Joshua the other day and I Joshua 1 8 says this book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to meditate on it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it for then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. And it's just like it's so essential in everything you do. And just you can't have these conversations and be a good disciple to other people if you don't know what you're talking about. You're the blind leading the blind does not go yeah. anywhere. Like that's I, I think I've read that like yesterday in Matthew 15. Like it just doesn't do a thing. You need to know what you're talking about if you are going to try to talk to people about God because you do not want to be the reason why that doesn't work out for them. Yeah. It- uh, there was an old preacher named Vance Havner. He said, uh, "This big new mega church is a different story." He said, you, you, "It's to, to one big mulligan stew." I don't even know what mulligan stew is, but he said that. <laughs> and then he said, um, "He said you get everybody together in one big group." He said, "What good is that going to do? A thousand blind mm-hmm. people can't see any better than one." Oh, yeah. I mean, just to your point, we can't. We have to be students of the word, or mm-hmm. else we really are walking in the same yeah. blindness as the world. For me, one thing that stood out that God's been that I went through like a season was like discipleship. I feel like God was discipling me and there, he put people in my life like Jeff Moran, Sean Toms that have been spiritual mentors to me that have, you know, gave me one, they've been there for me to just talk to them and, you know, uh, talk to them about my struggles and they prayed for me and, you know, help me in this walk. And now I feel like because of that, I'm able to disciple people. Like now I have the confidence to go out and not only, you know, staying firm in my faith, but also to be like, you know, this is what the this is what it says, and I'm not gonna I'm not ever gonna uh, go away from it again because once once you come back, you know, like I told you before this podcast, you know, I went and lived that life with the world. I went and lived a different way that the Lord didn't want me to, and He brought me back, and I've experienced it. I don't want to ever go back. You know, there's certain things that I used to love to do that you couldn't pull me away to do it anymore because I feel like my faith is so firm right now that I'm just living in the truth. And it's it's hard sometimes as Christians to really hold people accountable to the truth, but that's where that's what God's words does. It's active. It's alive. It it, ju- it it judges us. You know, there's sometimes I read and I'm convicted because you know I'm like, okay, maybe I'm not walking uh, in the way it says, or maybe I thought differently than what the Bible says. So I feel like that's another good thing too. Is like when you're reading, like there's going to be things that are going to jump out to to you as a as a reader, and you're going to be like, okay, this is this is God telling me, or this is the Holy Spirit leading me in a different direction. Um, you also talked about how like whenever someone talks in your ear so much it just becomes like white noise and I think those periods in our life whenever we just go off and do other things it's just I feel like that's what's going on like you just completely disregard everything God says and all it takes is a little bit before you just make it a pattern to do it like it's easier to create the habit than to break the habit and so it's important that you just always keep this going and that you hold yourself accountable because at the end of the day, that's like the number one thing you can do. And sometimes I feel like we want, I, I put this down, I said, we want God to conform to our will, but we don't want to conform to God's mm. will. And I was thinking of Proverbs nineteen twenty one, which says, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. And for mm. me, we watched a video in baseball talking about controlling the things you can control. And when you really think about what in life you can control, it's so minuscule. And when you let God control it and when you let you talked about letting God in every corner of your life, 
you're going to see God want at work so much more, and you're going to have a lot more peace knowing that it's in God's hands. You're letting God guide you in every aspect of your life. And for me, the more that I just let go and let him work, uh, the, the more peaceful and the more Holy Spirit-driven I am, just having that bond with him, letting him guide me. There's been a lot. Th- there's been a lot of things where I've had peace with knowing, like, okay, the Lord's definitely guiding me this way, or He's guiding me here. And the more you just seek His righteousness and you seek His walk, you're going to find yourself. One, you're going to walk in obedience more, but two, you're going to find yourself in, you know, walking in God's will. And I think that just goes back to you saying that we hear God better when we're willing to obey in advance, like. Yeah. I mean, if you um, ask God to help the hungry, but you're not willing to share your food, like, yeah, I mean, God uses people. If you're not willing to do what you ask for, then why are you asking? Yeah. It's like we're asking God to get somebody else involved. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, so, like, when McKenna was saying something like white noise, like, all it takes is just one thing. Like, you hear that, like, your parents or, or somebody can be telling you something over and over and over, and you just, you just like, ignore it practically. But then... When you're ready, like when you're like, okay, I'm ready to, to change my life. They can be, they can say something that they've been saying, and then boom, it's just gonna hit you like that, and it's just gonna change everything, and then you just you're just gonna reform your life just from, just from what from what they've been saying. But like you, like I said, they've been saying it over and over. You, you've been hearing it your whole life, and it's just at that one point, it's just boom, it just changes, it flips. I think it goes back too is you know, when you were talking about John John ten and verses twenty eight, he he was talking about or verse 27, my sheep know my voice. And if you're following Christ, one, you'll be able to, to discern his voice as we talked about. And two, he will lead you down the right path. You will you will be you will look back and see how far you changed. If you're following Jesus and you're not being changed, you're following the wrong Jesus. But when you're following the Christ, you're following the Messiah, you're following God's Son, you're going to be on a journey of change. And it might not be overnight, it might not be within a week, but I know for me when, the more I take my faith serious, I can know in a span of just a year how crazy amount of change has happened. One, because I try to give God my whole heart. I try to make time for him. And, you know, I pray with, like, a lot. I try to pray with a lot of faith. And also that's one thing that's changed for me in the past, like, two months, um, praying a lot more in his will, praying scripture, praying for things that I know God will answer because I know for a fact it's in his will because it's in his word. I like that you refer to the Bible as the time-honored truth. Because a big thing that, like, I personally have just been, like, focusing on lately is different verbiage and just metaphors and looking at what they meant to, like, in that time period. Because I've grown up in church, and so I've had a really bad habit of, like, oh, Moses parted the sea, and I'm thinking it was, like, the creek in my backyard whenever it was actually, (laughs) like, the ocean, you know? And so, like, diving into the Word, you really can give it the enormity that it deserves. And so I really um, just like that reference to the time-honored truth because— it's old metaphors, but it still applies to this life today. And I like that you also um, pointed out that God might contradict us, but he'll never contradict himself. Mm-hmm. I've been in Exodus some, um, and it's just there There was a moment whenever God was like, you know what, I'm going to do this. And Moses is like, but then you contradict yourself, dude. You don't want to do that. And God's like, yeah, you're right, you know. So it's just, I mean, it's in there. Like, it's not... It's not something we say to make people feel better. Like, it's in the Bible that it is this way. Yeah, I would hate to 
to serve a God that was flighty or that would change his mind like we do, you yeah. know? Yeah. I mean, because then where are we? What, do we, what, yeah. what do we have to look forward to? What do we got to hope that you could change his mind tomorrow? That's not the God we serve, you know? And so we, if, if, but if we don't know what the scripture says, if we don't know what God's heart mm-hmm. is like, then we're never going to be able to, to discern anything in our life. And yeah. even Satan knows the scripture. So it's like, you got to know it in the right way or you're screwed, you know? Yeah. I mean, See, we, were, we were talking about that in uh, G Group last week. They were saying, like, you go on, on social media, people, they know the scripture just enough to make it sway you to the wrong way. Like, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll make you say, God said, never be drunken. He never said you can't drink. So then they, they had to go from there and say, oh, there's nothing wrong with drinking because God said you can drink. Just don't get drunk. And that is mm-hmm. just, mm-hmm. If, you have, if, you know, if you know scripture, then you know well, that's not what he's basically saying. He's saying like, yeah. don't mm-hmm. harm your body. It's like, and that's come that comes to like if you just know the scripture and people know yeah. the scripture just enough to make you think what you're doing is right. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head mm-hmm. because God gives us certain boundaries and commandments, not because He's saying I'm God, you have to do this and not do this. It's because God wants to protect us. And when you realize, okay, God is telling me to stay away from this because, like you talked about, if I'm an alcoholic. Okay, mm-hmm. you go 10, 20 years down the road and you have liver problems, you have kidney problems, you have heart problems. Like, oh, well, I wonder why. <laughs> or, and you talk about or when you're in a car and you're driving, you kill somebody. Yeah. yeah. And when you're, and when you, and you're hurting your family too. Um, and you walk, when you walk around God's boundaries, there's going to be cracks. You're going to start having cracks in, the, in your armor. You're going to start going to have cracks. And that gives Satan room to come in. And two, you're letting, like, you're just letting the enemy in. And I saw a video the other day, that he, like you just said, he knew just enough scripture to say, you know, we're, this guy asked him, you know, he's like, well, how do you think you'll get into heaven? He's like, what do you think it'll be like? He said, you know, I'll obey the Ten Commandments, you know, do this and do that. You know, I'll probably wake up one day and get to heaven. I'm thinking, like, he does not know the word. But you look at the comments, like, oh, he's a great guy. He knows the word. And I'm saying, like, these people are so lost. And for me, um, when I, I think I get it partly from my dad, but realizing, like, how important the truth is. How important it is to go out and tell people whether or not you want to hear it or not. You know, say by by faith through grace. It's not of yourselves. It's we. I'm so happy that I don't have to work to get in heaven because I couldn't do it. It was it would be impossible because I ho- I heard Paul Washer talk about you know Jesus is worth more of any man could put together or combined than there ever could be. You know, there's there's no amount of good works. There's no amount of of, of our we don't have any righteousness. There's no amount. Could you of imagine anything. being in heaven with people that thought they got there by working there? They'd oh, be bragging yeah. and it'd be yeah. insufferable. Oh, I'd yeah. want to punch them. You can't, <laughs> you can't want to punch yeah. people. But if they were bragging <laughs> on their own, you know, if they were bragging on their own ability to get there, yeah. I mean, that's the whole the whole point of scripture. I like how um, uh, Mark Driscoll talked about that whole idea of of God giving us boundaries and he he said I'm not a I'm not a bad dad because we we bought a house near the highway and I put a fence up so my kids could play in the yard. They could play in the yard without worrying about getting hit by a car. Mm-hmm. They weren't going to be running out into the street. That was a good dad Absolutely. to put up boundaries there but mm-hmm. and I gave them more freedom because I allowed them to go outside. If if I hadn't put the fence up, they couldn't even have gotten out of the house. So I, I look I look mm-hmm. I look at God in that same way and in many ways of just giving us these of knowing more about the world and about the what things do to our soul, right? <laughs> it's not like he picked out and it seemed like it when I was young, it seemed like God picked out all the things I enjoyed and <laughs> said, Hey, don't late. do those yeah, don't <laughs> yeah. do those things. I'm like that's all I like. So, um, but that's not what God was doing. You know, he, that's my sinful nature, liking all those things because oh, yeah. they lead to death. You know, sin isn't just something we trifle with. It's deadly, you know. And it's I a, think it's that addictive just, too. 
Yeah, Sorry. and addictive. I think that just keys back to the relationship because if you don't look at it in the right light, if you don't have that relationship and see it as that relationship, you think, oh, God doesn't want me to have any fun, not, oh, God's protecting me from worldly hurt. Like, yeah, rule, rules without relationship yes. leads to rebellion. I listen to yes. him. So that's the I trick. listen to Driscoll a lot, and he's yeah. very, very good, and he's very he's, – he gets to men really good, I think. He's a very good men's pastor and family pastor. And I very controversial to, yeah. too. Oh, but, absolutely. But and yeah. he stands he stands firm on his truth. <laughs> very and controversial. That's the, that's the way you look at God. He's 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 a perfect father. He's the perfect example of our he's he's our heavenly father. And you know, my relationship has grown with him. I look back and see, oh wow, God was trying to protect me, but I was too stubborn to realize that my sin was hurting me and those around me, and it was grieving the the Holy Spirit, and it, I couldn't grow with God. I was going the opposite direction. And when I finally realized that, you know, and I didn't feel uh you know, condemned or all this other stuff that comes from Satan. You know, God, God was, and it, it was like God was telling me in a humble, loving way, "Hey, you've messed up, but I still, I'm still giving you grace to, to get on the right path." And He still, that's the amazing thing about God is, you know, He warns, He literally tell Jesus tells us, you know, we're going to have trouble, you're going to be persecuted. You know, it, it could be God saves us and He's like, okay, you're on your own, but no, He saves us, He guides us, He loves us. Um, and it's unlike anything you could ever imagine having a relationship with him. And, and I think if we understood the depth of that, you know, like like some, some people will ask, I can't believe that there's only one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus. And I, I always respond, I can't believe there's any way to heaven. Like, I can't believe God <laughs> lets any of us spend eternity with him due to our own sinfulness and our own rebellion, Absolutely. our hatred. You know, God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for us to straighten up. He went first, and that's what love does. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just blown away. I can't, I can't even get up in the morning without just being berated by this sense mm. of love from that God. I mean, that's the kind of God that would come. And I don't want to get preachy, but man, I'm telling you, it gets amazing, right? Yeah, yeah. I and mean, that's well, the, and that's the big problem with the world today is you know there's this false American Western gospel, and so many people um, are buying into it, thinking you know if I go to church. And I give, you know, a few dollars and, you know, if I do a few good works and I'm a good parent, a good person, you know, I'll wake up in heaven. And like you said, you know, there's days where I wake up and I'm like, how can God use me? How am I able to do God's work or do a podcast or, you know, disciple people? And it's just literally by his grace and by the Holy Spirit and that renewing of your mind, the changing of your heart that only comes from walking with God. And people say like, you know, how do you do this or how do you how is your mind changing this way? And I was like, it's just God. I can't explain it. It's a feeling that it's incapable. And it, there's a verse, and uh, I can't remember the exact chapter or number, but it talks about the the cross is foolishness to those who don't believe, but it's the power of God to those who believe. That's not word for word, but it's the context of it. And mind. that really spoke to me, and I'm like, okay, it's not my job to try to go out and convince people. It's not my job to put a bulletin board out for all the evidence to God. It's my job to go out and disciple people. It's my job to go out and plant seeds just to stay firm and walk obedient. And, you know, a lot of people think, well, if I don't do this or this, I'm, I'm, I'm not a Christian. Or if I'm not doing this, I'm not a Christian. And the good thing about it is it's all you have to do is have faith and have a repent and just repent and have a repentful lifestyle. You know, let God use you. And so many people today think if they're not a pastor or they're not a worship leader that they're not they're they're not doing what God wants them to do. And serving is so simple. It's just like greeting people at chapel, mm -hmm. you know, opening the door for somebody, putting up chairs, checking in people. Servitude goes such a longer way than just being a pastor or just being, you know, a, a worship leader or something in that regards. If you have a pulse, you have a purpose. Mm -hmm. Right. So. I like that a lot. 
So that's what I've always tried to talk to folks about. And that's the thing, man. You do whatever you do to the glory of God. That's in Colossians, right? Everything that you do. And mm-hmm. it's an amazing thing once you realize there isn't this separation scripturally between the professional Christian and the amateur Christian. You know, we're all searching hard after God and trying to be what well, you're trying to be more like him in the world and trying to, you know, pray his kingdom come. And, and that's what we're trying to do every day. And so, you know, from my perspective, I'm just a beggar trying to tell other beggars where to find bread. You know, I found it and I got to tell you how to get there. I don't care who you are, or what you're doing, you know, it's crazy that you mentioned that, like, it's not your job. Because today, literally before chapel, I went to get food. And I was sitting there, and I heard this guy tell his friend, oh, hey, you should come to chapel today. And he was like, oh, I don't know. And the guy who invited him responded and said, well, I'm not going to drag you there. Like, you have to decide to come. But I would love to have you there with me. And it just really shows, like, you can only do so much. It's their faith, not <laughs> what if yours, you, What if somebody you know? did drag them? That'd be, that'd be hilarious. Hey, if, you, if you saw the guy that did the inviting, you know that he is more than capable of it. It was Mario, so oh, he, he yeah. could have gotten it. Yeah, it's like that. I'm, I'm big it's, enough to do that. It's like the chapel message last semester. It, it's it, That was titled, It's Not Your Parents' Faith, It's Your, it's your Faith. Yeah. And for me, you know, I feel like in the last year, that's finally where I've been, where I've fully claimed, you know, my faith. You know, even though I was proclaimed Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, when I was seven years old. But there's so much, there's, there's so much, like I said before, there's so much more to it than, you know, just claiming the faith. There's so much more than saying you're a Christian. It's so much more than just than what it is as, as a term. You know, when you open your Bible, when you're praying with faith and giving God your heart, the way that he moves in your life, the way that he uses you, is just profoundly different. And it's crazy that a perfect God would want to use broken people and invite us to do his work. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. mind-blowing. And that's all he does yeah. use because that's all he's got, right? Absolutely. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it, well, it, it's, it talks about, you know, he is powerful in our weakness. And for me, I know that I don't have to be, you know, strong every day, or I know I don't have to depend on me because I'm depending on God because I know when my full dependence is on the Lord— that's when, you know, I'm going to be strong because I know he's never going to fail me. I know I'm going to fail. I know my mom and dad are going to fail. I know my teammates, my coaches are going to fail. But I know the Lord will never fail me. He'll never put me in the wrong direction. And even when I feel like I'm, 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 I'm in a storm or when I feel like I can't hear God's voice, I'm isolated, that I know he'll come through, that I know he's always there for uh, me to depend on him and lean on him. Well, and like you said, it's not your parents' faith. It's your faith. And the, mm. I mean, and listening to other people talk about it is good, but it's not the only thing you need to be doing. You need to be in the Word to make it fully yours. Yep. You need to be reading straight from God. You don't need a mediator if you want a real relationship. You have to dive in. You have to make that choice. You have to be helping in that part of the relationship. Yeah, nobody can take that test yeah. for you. You know, it's like, well, you know, I got a math test tomorrow and we have my friend take it. It's like, no, mm-hmm. you have to go sign your name on the paper. You have to go mm-hmm. answer the questions. You when, have to turn it in. And as a pastor, all I do is set the table. You got to eat, right? So yeah, you can't give it to I can't, oh, yeah. I can't force feed or spoon feed anyone. You know, I, I try to teach people how to how to renew their minds, but I'm not going to do it. I can't. Yeah. Yeah, see, growing up, my dad, he's told me, he's like, him as a father, his, his uh, job is to set me on a track to follow God in my life. And if I don't, then that's on me, like, like mm-hmm. he's giving me the, he's giving me the blueprint to I do like it. That. Yeah, he's giving me the blueprint, and if I don't follow that blueprint, then it's all gonna fall back on me. Yeah, Revelations three twenty is one of my favorite verses. You know, Jesus says, you know, I stand at the door and knock, and that's what it is. You know, he's a gentleman; he's not gonna force his way into your life. And you know, that's 
the cra- the, the thing about God is he can do whatever he wants. He's a creator. He owns he owns everything in existence. He could force his way into your life. He could force you to do X, Y, Z, but he doesn't. You know, he he knocks on your heart. He wants he just wants to be a part of your life. You know, there is an invitation for each and every one of us to have a personal relationship with the Lord. All you have to do is seek it and accept that invitation and just ask God to change you. Ask God to move in you. Ask God, like you said, you know, he ha- we have the blueprint in his word. We have the blueprint, you know, going going to church, hearing a pastor, uh, uniting with a body of believers. And just based on, you know, what you talked about today and what we've talked about on the podcast, you know, something that I encourage people to do when they come to me and they have uh, questions and, I, and I'm talking to other people, I said, find a church that is biblical, that stands on the word of God, that they won't uh, compromise on it. You know, you see it all the time today, uh, certain denominations, certain pastors, you know, when it comes to a certain point, it's like, oh, we, we might not be able to talk about that. Or, or you know, it's kind of okay to do this. And the reality of, uh, it says in Hebrews, you know, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God's word is not evolving. Unless I don't have the right Bible, you know, <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm 100% sure that, you know, the word and God does not evolve. Like you talked about, Tony, God does not change his mind. It's set in stone because he knows all, you know. Why would we want to go against God, the creator of the universe, who who knows everything? You know, our small, incompetent human brains can't comprehend, you know, what, what God's doing sometimes. Oh, yeah. I love this thing, by the way, the podcast, mm-hmm. what God's doing with it, what God's doing with the ministries on campus. And so mm-hmm. um, just having an opportunity to be involved in it at all, is, it's kind of cool. It's kind of weird how it worked out for me a couple mm-hmm. years ago. I've known, ta- ta- I've known Sean for a while and just kind of coming up and saying, hey, you know, I'd love to to just offer any kind of help and this is what he's trying to put me into so i'm pretty excited about it yeah thank you for coming on tony thank you guys for listening and tune back in next wednesday for another chapel podcast